Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that I find is a real enemy of teamwork, and that is perfectionism. Now, it's really interesting talking about perfectionism because almost all of us have this tendency in some way, shape, or form. And one of the dangers of perfectionism is that it can actually help you procrastinate because you feel like you can't do it well enough yet, and so you put it off and put it off and put it off. That's one of the places where it really impacts teamwork. But there's another more insidious implication, I think, of perfectionism. And that is that when people hold themselves to a really high standard or hold them other people also to a really high standard and really an unrealistic standard, it means that they end up in a place as strategic coach that we call the gap. So let me just describe this gap concept to you for just a moment, and then I'll relate it to how we work with other people. So the gap really is a way that we measure things. So I want you to imagine that you're at a starting point, and then you have this big grand vision of what life could be like if, or what life could be like when. And sometimes that's when teamwork is perfect, sometimes when the stars align, sometimes when all the clients say yes, sometimes it's when you're at a certain weight, sometimes when you've met the right partner, you name it, we all have ideals in terms of health, in terms of relationships, in terms of the world, like world peace. You know, ideals are out there and they're awesome. They're inspiring. They really help motivate us. And one of the characteristics of ideals is that they're not actually specific or measurable. So one of the things that ideals are great for is they help us actually set goals. They really help us figure out, okay, what do I want to accomplish that's going to help me reach my ideal? So that's really the useful part of ideals. So imagine you're at your starting point, and then you make progress towards your ideal, and you get to a point where maybe you've hit one of your goals. And then you look up, and all you can see is this far away ideal. You start thinking to yourself, I'm never going to get there. My family used to go hiking in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And this was my feeling as we were climbing the peaks. You get to this really tall peak, and you're like, oh, great, we're at the top of the mountain. And then you'd look out because the clouds would part. It was quite cloudy when we were there. And then you say, oh, no, it's called a false peak. There's more to go. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. And we really would feel like we hadn't accomplished anything until we turned around and went, oh, my goodness, look how far we've come. So when I say it's measurement, that's exactly what I mean, because where you are actually at right now is exactly the same, whether or not you're looking ahead to where you still have to go, or whether or not you turn around and look behind and measure your progress. So it's interesting, because this is really all about measurement. So here's the challenge. Working with people who are always measuring against the ideal means that we're working with people who are in what we call the gap. The gap is that permanent difference between where you are now and your ideal. And the reason why it's a permanent difference is as soon as you get close to it, it moves further away. It's a lot like the horizon. The horizon is simply a mental construct that allows your brain to come to grips with where the earth meets the sky. The interesting thing about it is you can't ever actually get there. <laughs> it's a constant in your mind. And our ideals are just like that, too. Even if we approach our health goal, well, guess what? All of a sudden, that's not good enough. We have to go further. Business success, well, that number didn't actually represent happiness. Another one does. In terms of relationships, well, we thought it was pretty good, but it really should be better. <laughs> Should's a really clear indicator of an ideal, by the way. Just think about how you feel when you measure yourself against this ideal. Instead of really having a sense of success and progress that you would have if you measured against where you started from, we look ahead and we feel a sense of failure and frustration. We're disappointed. 
we feel badly about ourselves, so that's low self-esteem. We can feel guilty because we should have done better. And if this goes on for long enough, it can lead to depression. So this is not a happy place for you. It's not a happy place for anyone, <laughs> I think. The trick is not to not go into the gap, but how long do you stay there? And I'll tell you a few tricks and ways to stay out of the gap. But just imagine working with someone who's always in the gap, who's always measuring against an unrealistic ideal. They're always in the gap. Well, working with someone who's constantly experiencing failure and frustration and disappointment isn't a lot of fun. So when I say it's the enemy of teamwork, I really find that there's lots of great things about striving, especially for big goals. But if you can never measure progress, if you can never actually help to celebrate the success and the milestones, the lessons about what not to do, how not to get to your ideal, then it's not a lot of fun. And people who want to play on great teams, and I use the word play quite intentionally, and who want to be winning and want to be striving and want to be learning together, if they're hanging around with someone who's in the gap all the time, it pulls the team down. It means people negate any success that they did have. It means they discount it. And I think all of us can be that person at any time. But what do you do about it? So what I really want you to get clear on is what the gap is. And by the way, the opposite to that is when you measure progress, you're measuring what we call the gain. And this is, in fact, the subject of Dan Sullivan's next newest quarterly book, which I'm quite excited to do with him. I just really want you to get the cost of working with someone who's not in the game, but really in the gap all the time. You can never please them. Nothing is ever good enough. As soon as you get one place, well, actually, no, I know what we can do more. We should have done more. We're capable of more. And some people use this as a strategy. Now, I am all about strategy. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> when I give myself a title, it's entrepreneurial team strategist because strategy is really my passion and my love. And I have to tell you, I don't think this one works. So if this is something that's been in your psyche, if it's a way that you've been raised or trained, I want you to kind of examine that to see if there isn't, in fact, a better way, a better way to get people on that same path on the destination that you want to accomplish. So why is it important to shift from this perspective of measuring against the ideal, this perfectionism, and start measuring progress instead or the gain? Well, as people on teams and as leaders and as owners of companies, it's really, really important to know that people take their energy cues from you. If you're happy and confident, then they think things are going well. If you're grumpy or upset or fearful, they are worried that the company is about to fail. <laughs> you know, this is really what happens. Something is wrong. Oh, no. And I have to tell you, people with the absence of information make it up wrong. This is bad. <laughs> and they will make it up far worse. You're like, oh, I just didn't have a good night's sleep. And they're thinking something horrible is about to happen. So we need to pay attention to how we're coming across because other people will actually be influenced by that. So really, really important to do that. And by the way, this is relevant to all levels of the organization. When we were preparing for this podcast, if you're sitting beside someone who answers the phone at reception and they're not smiling and they answer the phone kind of curtly or abruptly or even they just seem kind of sour, that's kind of depressing. <laughs> that's not a lot of fun to be around. So that has an impact, especially to the people they're talking to on the phone. So please take note of that. Positivity goes a long way in our world. 
And that can be true of team leaders, same thing, of the owner of the company, same thing. So we all have an influence on other people, and we all impact and influence how other people are responding to us based on how we are coming across. So really important to be able to manage this for yourself. Now, especially in a leadership position, when you're in the gap, if I may say that that's something that occasionally happens, is that people start to play defense instead of offense. They start to go on the defensive. They know that if they do something that was a little bit risky or that didn't work out, your first thing that you're going to do, your default, will be to be critical, to find fault, to really talk about failure. And most people really kind of avoid those conversations. They're not a lot of fun. And if you have the same kind of company that I have and that we have, then you actually want your team playing offense. You want them taking risks. You want them testing. You want them experimenting. You want them failing fast so they can learn the lessons and do it better next time. You don't want to inhibit that. But that means there has to be this openness and the willingness to say, oh, okay, we're either on the winning team or we're on the learning team. What have we learned from this? How can we make it better next time? That's encouraging. That's supportive. I've worked with Dan and Babs for, well, since 1991. And I was always encouraged to take risks, to go give speeches when I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I've done so many things that were risky. I know I did a speech and I know it was well received. I have no idea what I said, the very first one. But they didn't come and babysit. They weren't critical or anything. They said, okay, well, great. How'd it go? Good. What can you do differently next time to make it even better? And that was great. So I was always really encouraged to grow and expand and test things out to find out what worked. I actually really come to enjoy that testing process. And I don't worry about failure. It's a very freeing and liberating place from which to come. And I want to encourage that for yourself, but also that you help create that with other team members as well. And the bottom line for me of why to measure yourself against progress and not perfection is that that is, again, going back to strategy, the very best way to get the most out of yourself and the most out of other people. If you want to tap into their creativity and their ideas and their enthusiasm and their excitement, you're going to do it by helping measure progress and not perfection. For me, perfection is totally an ideal because when we're doing something new, we're making it up. There is no perfect yet. Perfect is only in the past where we can say, okay, what should have happened? What could have happened? Even then, that's with the new knowledge that you have now that you didn't have when you started. So perfect for me, it actually isn't really all that useful a mental idea, a construct. It doesn't inspire. Let's make it the best. Let's make it work. Let's make it impactful. How many people can we make a difference for with this? Those are much better questions rather than how can we make something perfect. I think it stimulates much more creativity and keeps your eyes open to byproducts and things that you didn't see before. It may take you in a completely different direction that's phenomenal, but you wouldn't have done that if you're focusing on this previous image of perfect. So I'm really keen on The way to maximize and get the most out of yourself and other people is to focus on progress, not perfection. Now, how do you actually go and do that? (laughs) Well, if you have a habit of being in the gap, you are going to have to retrain yourself. And again, it is strictly a habit. It's not that you have to beat yourself up. Please don't do that. That's not going to help at all. Then you just go in the gap about being in the gap. Really what it is, it's about training yourself. If you have a default to find fault or a default to measure against an ideal, then you sort of have to put in place a process so that you're starting to measure progress. Now, at Coach, we've created this fabulous tool. It's an app called Winstreak. 
available on iOS and Android. And on Winstreak, it asks you to measure your three wins for the day. So what would you consider a win, which is an achievement or something that represents progress? And then what do you want your three wins to be for tomorrow? So you're starting to be intentional about what you want to create. And what I like about that is at the end of the next day, regardless of what you planned happened, because sometimes it doesn't, you write down your three wins for that day and you plan your three wins for the next day. So very simple. If you want to add more to your list, you totally can. You can add gratitude. You can add habits. Totally up to you. But it's a way of actually making this a daily habit. I like to put it on my home screen and have a prompt nine or 10 o'clock. Hey, what were your wins for today? It's a great way to go to sleep, by the way. And there's a little reminder that pops up in the morning that said, hey, these are what you said you wanted your three wins to be for today. And you also get little badges. And they're fun cartoons of our team members. So after three days, and after a week, and after three weeks, you get little badges that you can earn. So for those of you that like to track things, it's a fabulous way to change that habit. Also here at Coach, we really like to reflect on progress, I do it at the beginning of every single meeting. It's like, what are you happy about? What are you excited about? What just happened? We call it positive focus. And I do it at the beginning of every meeting. I did it at the meeting before we recorded this podcast. So I'm really, really clear on the value of that. It gets everyone present in the room and has you focus on the good, not just on those things that are stressing you. So really just making sure that you build it into the habit structure. Often when we sit down for family dinners, we start with what's a positive focus. When I sit down with Dan and Babs and my husband, if we're going out for dinner, Dan's always asking, what's your positive focus? So we really make it a habit to reflect on what's working. Tell me about the progress in your life. And that is such a great way to start a conversation with someone. It doesn't ignore the fact that there are, in fact, challenges that people are experiencing and dealing with, but then they actually end up starting from a place of confidence. I want you to think about when you are focusing on progress, not perfection, the set of emotions supposed to failure, frustration, disappointment, low self-esteem, guilt, or depression. The contrast is all of a sudden you now have a sense of success. You feel really satisfied. You're confident about what you've accomplished. Even if there's more to go, you're like, oh, I didn't do too badly. I'm further ahead than I thought. High self-esteem, a real sense of enjoyment because you're enjoying the journey. And you're feeling about the future, very optimistic. I don't know about you, but I would much rather be in a place where I am experiencing success, satisfaction, confidence, high self-esteem, enjoyment, and optimism rather than the opposite. And I'm sure other people would much rather be around me when I'm, when I'm in that state as well. And I know other people would rather be around you when you're like that too. And all of us have different versions of it. If you're an extroverted person, this is going to be pretty much on your face. If you're someone who's a little more reserved, then you're going to do a quieter version of that. But it doesn't matter. It's the energy that you're putting out. It's your mindset about how you're approaching your goals and your work and your progress and your measurement about how close you're getting to that ideal. So really, I want everyone to appreciate that we all go in the gap. We all say, oh, this should have been different. But as soon as you hear that about yourself and should is a fantastic clue, that there's an ideal somewhere, that there's a perfection idea that's rolling around and say, okay, oh, this is this gap thing that Shannon was talking about. I always say turn around or stop and reflect back instead on how much progress you've already made. What have you learned? Who have you talked to? What insight or inspiration have you got so far to where it is that you're going, as well as actual progress? And really appreciate that and go, oh, I'm not starting at zero. I'm not behind the eight ball. I actually am in progress. That's really powerful. And you doing that and you being that person inspires other people. And I think 
we can all make a difference for others. It can be for our family, for our friends, for our community. It can be for the barista from whom you get your coffee in the morning. We have a choice about how we show up for ourselves and other people. And I know that for me, really focusing on the gain and not <laughs> the gap has been pretty profound. I can be a very naturally serious person, thinking hard, and I kind of have one of those frowny faces. <laughs> My resting face is a frowny face. And really focusing in on the gain has been totally transformational. I'm always celebrating progress. I always want to hear about others. And it's led me to be happier and more buoyant, and I think much more creative and positive and contributing. That, to me, is a much, much better state for which to create teamwork than the opposite. So if you're interested in kind of supercharging your teamwork, I highly and strongly recommend that you start measuring progress instead of perfectionism and that you focus on the gain rather than the gap. As always, thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback. So if you have any comments or questions or ideas for future conversations, please let us know at questions at strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. Mm-hmm.